Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. You're emoji people. You ever get to emoji war? You ever pooped on something with an emoji con? You've used the poop? I've never used the poop. I can honestly say I've never, I've never pooed with an emoji con. But I do find that like emoji con saved me. And here's why. It's because um, when you text, there's no tone, right? Like there's no context. There's no, there's so, so you can, and you're, sometimes you're texting like on the fly or you're, in the, you're like doing two things and you just do quick messages. But I've just learned that if you put a smiley face at the end of any statement, it's good. Isn't that, isn't that the way it works? My wife says, no. That's the way I'd like to think of it. So if you ever get a text from me and it seems rude, I'm going to throw a smiley face on it. And now you know, I'm not mad. I'm totally happy. This emoji represents my mood. And so uh, anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Bad blood, part number three. Uh, if you have not been here, it is very important that you go and watch online, download the podcast. You can go get a free CD in the back even. And the reason why is because some of the series that we do, the messages could totally stand alone. You, you wouldn't need to hear what was going on before or after. You could just, that message is, is just one individual solo standalone message. It just has like a general theme that it's under. But this one is a little bit different. It definitely builds. And so today we're kind of continuing that. And so um, we've, we've been building off of this one huge key scripture. And if you have your Bible or if you want to read along on the screen, Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this. This has been the big landing point so far. If it is possible... As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. What a huge statement because it packs so much in there. Number one is this, is if it is possible, which means this, sometimes it is not possible. Sometimes they will be so crazy, so evil, so weird, so whatever. Sometimes uh, it, it will not be possible. But here's what I know, that if we follow and do everything else in the next few verses and we do everything we've been talking about, it, it actually becomes very possible. As a matter of fact, the possibilities kind of get bigger and bigger and bigger as we follow in the ways of God. And it's almost like, do you remember, do you remember in the movie Dumb and Dumber when, when, when Lloyd finally got to the pretty girl and, and then he said these words. He said, what are the chances of a girl like me getting with a guy like you? And she goes, they're not good. And she's like, he's like, well, you're like, like one in a thousand? She goes, no. And he says, what, like one in a million? And she goes, yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. What I'm telling you is this, is that when you live in God's ways, it might not look possible, but I'm telling you, I've seen some of the weirdest, most dysfunctional, most jacked up situations. And if you follow in the ways of God and you just kind of do what the Lord will ask of you, then all of a sudden the possibilities just become bigger and bigger and bigger, but we shrink them down when we go in kind of the realm of like anger and bitterness or even just doubt. They'll never change. It won't work. I don't care. It doesn't matter what I do. They're just always going to be that way or I'm I'm always going to be that way. But Paul's saying, if it is possible, and sometimes it's not, but if you'll follow in God's ways, I'm telling you the possibilities to me get bigger. And as far or as much as it depends on you, meaning like you've got to do something, there is something that depends on you. And as far as it depends on you, I want you to live at peace with all people. So that, and this is the big deal, is that you can have peace about a relationship even when you don't have peace in that relationship. Meaning like it didn't work out. 
You didn't actually ever reconcile it. You never became friends again. It didn't work out. But you can still sleep easy at night because as far as it depended upon you, you did everything. And now you can be at peace even when they're still funky. And that's what, that's what we all want, isn't it? Don't you want peace? You want peace of mind, peace of heart. You want your stomach to stop churning. You want to stop having imaginary conversations. And you want to stop having sleepless, restless nights. You want to be at peace somehow. And this is how we do it. And so we said the path of peace is paved with empathy. That empathy is ultimately when, when I walk all the way around to their viewpoint. And I try to see it through their eyes. And I try to feel what they were feeling. And maybe what they did made sense to them at the time. And maybe, maybe it was just a big misunderstanding. And maybe I actually had something to do with it to begin with. Maybe I just don't even know. Maybe they only did that because of their own hurt and wound from their own past. I, I don't know. But, and empathy never makes what they did okay. It just helps me understand it a little bit better. And that understanding helps me go down this road, which is this, of forgiveness. Because forgiveness is the vehicle that actually moves me down that path. So that hopefully there can be some reconciliation, maybe, if it's possible. And even if there's not reconciliation, at least there can be peace. Now, I I saw a video recently that I thought kind of showcased this. Because last week when we talked about forgiveness, I'm sure many of you took a step back and you're like, yeah, but I don't want to. Or some of you took a step back and said, yeah, but I don't know that it'll ever work. Or I don't know that there's even a possibility. And I, I don't even know what that would look like. And, and I don't know how bad your bad blood is. But I found a video of two people that had some pretty gnarly bad blood. And to see what they were able to do was just kind of cool. And so I thought I would share this with you. Check out this video. Back in 05, Jamel McGee says he was minding his own business when a police officer accused him of and arrested him for dealing drugs. You're saying the officer made it up? Yeah, it was all made up. Of course, a lot of accused men make that claim, but not many arresting officers agree. So you phonied the report? I did. I, I falsified the report. This is former Benton Harbor police officer Andrew Collins. Were you just trying to chalk up an arrest? Yeah, basically, the start of that day, I was going to make sure I had another drug arrest. And in the end, you put an innocent guy in jail. Correct. Yep. You lost everything. I lost everything. My only goal was to seek him when I got home and to hurt him. Really? That was my goal. Eventually, that crooked cop was caught, served a year and a half for falsifying many police reports planting drugs, and stealing. Of course, Jamal was exonerated, but he still spent four years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Today, both men are back here in Benton Harbor, which is a small town, maybe a little too small. Hey, guys, thank you. Last year, by sheer coincidence, they both ended up at Mosaic, a faith-based employment agency where they now work side-by-side in the same cafe. Oh, excuse me. And it was in these cramped quarters that the bad cop and the wrongfully accused had no choice but to have it out. I said, honestly, I have no explanation. All I can do is say I'm sorry. And Jamel says that was all it took. That was pretty much what I needed to hear. 
today they're not only cordial. Saturday we went to the trampoline park. They're friends. Uh, you know, we talk about life. Such close friends. Not long ago, Jamel actually told Andrew he loved him. And I just started weeping because he doesn't owe me that. Uh, he, I don't deserve that, you know? Did you forgive for his sake or for yours? No, for our sake. Not just us, for our sake. Jamel went on to tell me about his Christian faith and his hope for a kinder <laughs> mankind. He wants to be an example. So now he and Andrew give speeches together about the importance of forgiveness and redemption. Grab this one hand over there. And clearly, if these two guys from the coffee shop can set aside their bitter grounds, what's our excuse? Steve Harper, on the road, in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And that's the studio That's a cool story, huh? Like that, like, I, nope, nope. Can you imagine losing years of your life on a lie and how angry and bitter you would be? Like, I would, be, I, I would totally want to hurt that guy too. And so, you know, but, but this is this radical idea that what, what if? Because if you would have said, here's the scenario, and we would have said, hey, is peace possible? And we took a poll. Most of us would say it's probably not possible. But I'm just telling you that it, if, it is, if it is possible, and as far as it depends on you, it is possible to live at peace. And so today we want to kind of continue down this journey and keep looking at this thing because what you find in the story between Andrew and Jamel and that, that whole dynamic is how many know there's an offender and then there's an offendee? And sometimes you can be on either end of that kind of spectrum. You can be the guy that offends or you can be the guy that gets offended. You can be the girl that wronged somebody or be the girl that got wronged. And depending on what it is, in your, your scenario, the Bible says something very, very specifically towards what you ought to do. So let's, let's read this real quick in Matthew chapter 18. So one time, Jesus is talking and he says this. He says, if your brother sins against you. Now, how many of you know, like, that means I'm, I've been offended and somebody else has hurt me. And Jesus is about to tell me what to do. This is what he says. If your brother sins against you, he says this. He says, everybody say, Go. Go, and he says, go, and, you know, go ahead and have a confrontation, a conversation. Go ahead and let, you know, he just says go, meaning make the first step, make an effort, and go. If somebody's wronged you, go. Now, that's interesting. What does that even look like? You know, like, how do I go? When do I go? What do I say when I go? What, what would that even be like? Well, well what's interesting is, is that in a, in a different context, Jesus is talking to a different group of people. In Matthew chapter 5, it's a big sermon. In Matthew chapter 5, he has a very, very similar idea, but, it, but the roles have been flipped. Listen to this. It says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar. Now, that's important. This is like going to church. If you go to church... And you're ready to worship, and you're ready to give your offering for the day, and there you remember that your brother has something against you. Now, roll reverse, didn't it? It wasn't that you had something against them, it was that they were mad at you, right? So like all of a sudden, because here's what I know about you. You've been offended at life, right? How many of you have ever been offended? Ever had your feelings hurt? You got picked last for kickball? I don't know what happened. Tragedy, terrible, awful. There's a huge spectrum there. We're sensitive folk. Sometimes getting picked last hurts. But 
We should probably grow up beyond that one. But, but, but there's a wide spectrum there. And, and you've been hurt in life. You've had people talk about you, throw you under the bus, do you wrong, hurt you, say mean things to you or about you. And you have been hurt. You walk away from that hurt. Now, this is, I'm, I'm going to take a total leap. Maybe this is other people. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm preaching to the choir here. But my guess is, if you've been hurt in life, that there's a, there's a tiny chance, there's, there's at least a small chance that you have been the one at some point in your life that hurt someone else. And I'm sure you didn't mean it. Now, other people did, but you people didn't because you're such good people. To, to you, you didn't mean to. To you, that was not your intent. To you, it was a big misunderstanding. To you, this is, this is how it works with me. I'm oblivious to the fact that I even did it. You ever been like that before? You ever find out months or years later that you had offended somebody? And you're like, what? I didn't, I didn't even know. Welcome to my world. That's my life. Because I never mean to offend anybody. I have never intentionally set out to say, you know what? I'm going to totally offend them today. I don't set out like that. But sometimes, like I had this conversation. There was a, there's a gentleman in our church and a friend even. And we, we were talking not too long ago. And he said, hey, man, I just got to get something off my chest. There was, a, there was a few months ago where you did this and said this. And it offended me. And I'm like, What? Man, I am so sorry. I didn't even know. And that's my life. And so that's you. And, and forget, maybe it was in your BC days before Jesus. You know, you, you were just mean and raunchy and awful and you did some terrible things. But I'm just, I'm just making the point that you've been offended. I know that for sure. And more than likely, you, whether you intended to or not, have been on the end of offending someone else. And Jesus says, if you find yourself and it's Sunday and you're on your way to church and they're on the drive church. You're like, dang, dude, I totally forgot. I jacked over Jimmy the other day. I totally messed up Sarah. I mean, I was the meanest, awfulest. I didn't show up. I didn't return. I didn't do, I didn't do, I borrowed some, some clippers from my friends and I didn't return those yet. And I bet he's mad. I don't know what you did. But if, it, if you offended somebody else and you are driving to church, you better stop. Now, listen, because he says something profound here. He said, if you remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. What he was saying is this. Go to church, drop off your offering, and then leave. Just, that's what it says, right? Some of you are like, really? Yes, that's what it says. But he, he, what, I'll tell you what he's really doing. It's, it's not just a joke. Sure, bring your offering and leave. I don't care what you do. He's playing on something much bigger. Because to them, we're just thinking about a Sunday morning and going to church. To them, they had one big offering every year. It was called the Day of Atonement. We also call it Yom Kippur. It's this huge Jewish holiday and Jewish festival. And on the Day of Atonement, you would give that one offering on that one day. And it would cover all of your sins for the entire year. And that's what they celebrate. It was the Day of Atonement. Now, he's saying this. If you remember... On the day when you're supposed to bring your gift to the altar and you remember that somebody is mad and offended at you, I want you to leave your gift in front of the altar. That's how big of a deal it is. Like all your sins for all the year, put it on hold. And there's some huge ramifications here. Like because the next thing he says is this. If you, if you leave your gift in front of the altar first. So, so wait a minute. If I'm the one that got offended, I'm supposed to do what? Y'all forgot that scripture? It was like, like three minutes ago. It was, everybody say go. go. Yes, it was a little quiz. And you failed. <laughs> if I'm the one that's been offended, what should I do? And, and, and if I'm the one that offended 
somebody else, what should I do? That was, see, that was, we, we were right on the heels of that one. So it was fresh in your, in your mind. And, and so the, the point is this. It is such a big deal. It, it, this is what the ramifications of this are. Is God is in essence saying, look, we're fine. I'm okay. But you're not okay with the person that you offended. Like, like we'll, we'll, we'll get over this. Jesus died for all years. We'll get over this. But your friend is hurting right now. Your friend is having imaginary conversations and sleepless nights. And that's what they're going through. And before you come and fix everything between me and you. You know what's more important? That you go fix what's wrong between you and them. Most of us in Christianity. Some of us the reason why we're at church this morning. Is so that we can be right with God. Right now you have a sin bucket for the week. I don't know what you did Friday night. But some of y'all are counting what you did Friday night. You're like, oh, I got to be at church on Sunday. I got to get rid of that one. I got to confess that one. I got to dump that one. I got to make sure. I need to make sure that I'm right with God. And God said, oh, yeah, well, by the way, on your way to church, remember when you remembered how you were the one that offended someone else? Stop. Because what would trump right now in this moment, what would trump you getting right with me? Whew, that's huge. What? We've never thought of it that way. We always thought what mattered most is that I'm right with God. And God's like, yeah, but I'm big. I'll be okay. I don't even sleep. I don't have sleepless nights. I don't sleep. You go make right with them. And so that, that's what he says. So he says, leave your gift in front of the altar and first go. Meaning this, if you're taking notes, before you make things with right with God, make things right with others. That's the way that you do it, you go. So when you've been wronged, you take the first step. That's what he said, right? And then he said, when you've been wronged, I want you to take the first step. Now, now here's the question. What does that first step even look like? If you've wronged somebody else, what am I supposed to do? It, it's kind of simple. You make it right by confessing that you were wrong. That's what you do. So whenever you, like, like when, the, when the guy came to me and said, hey, I was kind of hurt and I was kind of offended. The first thing out of my mouth is, dude, I am so sorry. I, I didn't know and I, well, I didn't mean to and I apologize. And man, I am so sorry. I just confess. I, I put it out on the table. As a matter of fact, I, I'm going to use an even stronger word. This is a churchy religious word. I'm going to use the word repent. See, most of us think that when we sin, we need to go and repent to God. But the Bible teaches that in addition to that, when you've wronged somebody else, you go and do what? You repent to them. Literally meaning I go and apologize. I go and confess. I go and say I'm sorry. I go and do all those things. That is the most important thing that I could do. It even trumps in the moment me trying to get right with God. Now, now here's what this, this doesn't look like. Because I don't know if I've ever told you this story or not. But one time I was at the gym. And there was a guy... There was a guy, him and his family had left the church right when I had first gotten here. And um, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know him. I didn't, I, nothing dawned on me. I mean, I'm brand new. And, and, but he comes up to me in the gym. He goes, hey, you know, my name's so-and-so. He's got kind of attitude. I'm like, oh, snap. I'm so-and-so. And my mama, and when you bring mom into it, you know there's a fence. And my mama is so-and-so. Do you remember her? And I'm like, uh, you know, I, I think I met her once. Well, guess what? We've been offended. And I'm like, really? What, what did I do? You know, I'm clueless. That's my whole, I told you that's my whole life. I don't know that I'm offensive. I pay, and just so you know, too, I, 
I've been, I've been made aware. Sometimes I'm socially awkward and therefore I come off as offensive. I don't mean it. I'm just weird. So please be merciful with me, okay? That's my, I'm begging for forgiveness in advance. Can I do that? This is a, this is a pre. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something weird socially. I didn't mean it. Why are you laughing at me like that? Hey, we went to a dinner party, though, on, on Saturday night. I was really good. Like, I really focused on being good. And I was really, I was, but, but anyway, this guy comes to me and goes, well, we're offended. And my mama and this and this and this and this and this. And he goes, I just wanted to apologize. And then he basically goes on to say, I'm just, I, I'm apologizing for, 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 for getting mad at you because you did this and this and this. And you were like this. And he just goes off on me. And I'm like, this is the worst apology ever. I feel like I just got beat up from being apologized to. I fa- and actually, he, 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 he got so worked up in the moment that he started attacking me in essence. And by the end of it, I'm offended. I'm offended at your apology. And I was so pumped up. Do you ever, you guys, you ever been in the gym and all of a sudden you get mad, you get pumped up and all of a sudden like you can do twice the weight you normally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the way that I was. I was so jacked. Physically, because I was so angry and the adrenaline's pumping. This dude hacked me off. I'm not going to lie. And I, I, I let, it, let it go. I let it all go. In words of Elsa, I let it go. I worked the process of forgiveness. I, I did. I genuinely let it go. But this was the worst apology in the history of apologies. And so when I say go and confess and go and repent, there's a bad way to do this. Like, like when you say sorry, you ever had this one? Like this is a kid one. Um, sorry, geez. You know, where you, your kids do that one on you. Like they're not apologizing. They just want you to get up off my back. Sorry, geez. That's not an apology. That's not, that's not repentant. That's not, you, you ever get this one? Well, I'm sorry, but, and there's like a but. God, those butts are terrible. I'm sorry, but technically. And then they start laying out the details and then they end up flipping it on you as to why you were actually the cause and effect. And you, well, I'm sorry, but, um, I'm, this is another one. Well, I'm sorry that you feel that way. That's just a slap in the face. This, is the, this, this may be the worst. This may be worse. This may trump that one. I'm sorry. Now, is there anything you'd like to apologize for? <laughs> that just lets you know the bad blood runs deep in the streets. The streets, the streets are flowing with blood. And so, I'm sorry, but you deserved it. That, that's, that, is a, that is a non-apology. That does not work. This, this, is what it, this is really what it means to repent. Let's take a look. I'm going to show you three things that it means to repent. Number one is this. If you repent, number one is I want you to take full responsibility. Like don't, there is no but. There, a, a great apology, a great repentance and confession, there is no but on the end of it. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, I'm sorry, but, but I was just in a bad place. That doesn't justify what you did though, does it? Now, if they took the long walk of empathy, maybe they'd figure that out. But, that, but that's not, your responsibility is just to repent and take full responsibility. To number two, to make no excuse for your behavior. Well, I was in a bad place. Well, you actually did this to me. Well, I, was, I didn't sleep good. You know, whatever it was. I was hangry. I hadn't eaten all day and I was just really upset. No, you just own it. You take full responsibility. And this might be the biggest part is that you end up making a plan and laying out a plan for change. Because, uh, and we're going to get to this, because this is what you need to know. It's so important that you're here next week. 
Because next week we cover what to do when it's not possible. Like the, we, we cover what to do when it's like the repeat offender. We cover what to do when you repent, they repent, and it still ends up like still moving in negative. Like this doesn't solve everything. This all is layered and it all builds. But I want you to know, when you have wronged somebody else, it is your job to take the first step. And that first step is to repent towards them and you need to do all these things you need to confess what you did don't make any excuse and then lay out now listen this is why this is so important this last one it's because especially in friendships or even in in spouses in marriage situations so many times there's this repeated offender where they keep doing the same thing over and over again and then they feel bad and they apologize and then a couple weeks later they do it again and then they do what they apologize and then they do it and then they they apologize. You're picking up on this pattern. And then it, it goes over and over and over again. Sometimes your apologies don't mean jack. Sometimes, husbands, you keep doing the same thing over and over and saying, so your, your sorry don't mean nothing anymore. The greatest sorry, the greatest repentance, and the greatest apology and confession you could make is to change your behavior. Like at some point, you got to stop what you're doing. Ladies, I know this because I've, I've had these, we're like, yeah, I just keep treating him like this. I keep saying these things to him. I keep using my words like this. And I know I'm wrong and I apologize after, but then I keep doing it over and over again. The best confession and repentance that you can make is a change eventually. Because if you keep saying sorry over and over and over again, those sorries can eventually themselves become hollow and maybe even offensive. And so the point is not just to confess. Because you can get really good at confessing and making no excuse. But if we don't make a plan for change and actually work on changing what we're saying or what we're doing, then eventually those sorries don't work either. And so that is what it means to fully repent. Now go back to the scripture, Matthew 5, 24. The Bible says, leave your gift in front of the altar. Meaning you're going to come back and get right with God. That's a big deal. That's important. But in the moment, you know what trumped you getting right with God? I, this is what Jesus said. I find it fascinating that Jesus said, look, 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 you're going to, you're going to be, me and you're going to be okay. We'll, we'll work it out. You know what trumps me and you right now is you and the other person. Mind blowing. It's a paradigm shift of the way that you see things. But here's the deal. First go and then what? Be reconciled to them. Then come back and offer your gift. Now, did you notice that between the cop and the guy that got sent to prison unjustly, Andrew and Jamal, do you, do you remember the story? Do you know what they had to do that you sometimes avoid? Is they actually had to go and have a conversation. Isn't that what they did? They were working in the same place. They had to be right next to each other. Now, the person that, that you've offended or the person that's offended you, there's a good chance that your, your inclination, your first step is not to like go and talk to them. It's to what? Avoid them. Like our first instinct when we're offended is to avoid them. You know what our second uh, mistake is this? It's, it's, it's basically to put a vague posting on Facebook about what happened and make everybody ask you about it. That's, that's number two. But it's definitely not to go to them. Or if somebody's offended you, your inclination is to, to bring it up as a prayer request at small group. Like that's what, hey, we need, we need to pray for so-and-so. They've, they're doing this. They're, they're into, and we make it into a prayer request. <laughs> Don't do that. Does that make sense? Like that's not the way that we want to go. Actually, reconciliation, write this down if you're taking notes. Reconciliation requires turning a confrontation into a conversation. Because if you need to go and repent to them, 
Don't text it. Don't you dare text your apology. It's like breaking up with somebody over email. Stop it. What you have to do eventually, when you've offended somebody else, or if somebody's even offended you and it's right to, sometimes it's not right, and we'll talk about that next week, but in cases where it's right to, you need to go and have a conversation. And if you've wronged somebody else, this is so crucial, because how else are you going to repent? Remember, God already said, you don't need to repent to me. We're, you go to what? Them. And so in the going, you've got to go and have a conversation. And so this is what that conversation looks like. When you go to them, because this is the question, well, how do I go, whatever. This is it. Number one is this, is when you go to them, I want you to go directly. Number one. All right, that took a really long time. Amanda, there you go. Come on, Amanda, stay, stay with me now. Go directly. Like again, normally when we get offended... We want to go to our friends and tell our friends all about it. That's, and, and we want to go directly. And so directly means a, a single point from them to here and, and nothing else in between. Number two is this. It's actually go immediately. Yeah. Like so some of you think, you know what? I'll just give it a few months. I'll give it a few years. Maybe they won't be as angry by then. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, it says this. It says, actually, be angry and do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, this was like a, 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 a thing. This was like an idiom in their culture, like a saying. Don't let the sun go down. This is like a saying. And it wasn't a literal statement because I've had husbands and wives come to me. And they get into an argument at 11.53 at night. And they're like, we got into an argument. And I was like, oh, heck no. The Bible says don't let the sun go down. I'm like, dude, the sun's already gone down. Your sun's already gone down. Stop. It's not a literal, the sun, look, baby, the sun, it's not, because you know how the sun changes when it goes down. Like right now, it's about what, 845-ish, something like that. But like, babe, look, it's 845. Wrap this argument up. It's not what that means. It's a saying. It's an expression. And the expression just implies don't let time lapse before you deal with stuff. Does that make sense? It doesn't mean at 11.50 keep arguing until you, you get it all done. Because at 11.50 y'all are both nuts. Go to bed. Does that make sense? Because when have you ever done your best arguing at midnight? When were you at the top of your game at midnight and you were really kind and really patient? I was really empathetic. I was very understanding. And it was really resolved at, by 12.05 a.m. It was resolved. No, so go to bed. But go immediately in the sense of like you don't let major time lapse. Go to them. Go to them directly. Go to them immediately. And lastly, go humbly. Go humbly. Remember, you were the one that wronged them. So don't go with your list of excuses and your list of issues and a list of explanations why. Just go humbly because the reality is it would look like this. Hey, look, you don't owe me anything, but I hope you could someday forgive me. Hey, I don't deserve it, but I hope that you can forgive me. I want you to know that I was wrong. And I'll, I'm not going to ever do that to you again. I'm so sorry. And so I understand that you're upset with me and I understand that you're offended. Because if you go to them... With your Bible verses. Well, you know, the Bible says you have to forgive me because the Bible says if you don't forgive me, then my Father in heaven can't forgive you. You're tripping. And you have no humility. Does that make sense? Do you love me still? Has this gotten too real? I've... Okay, good. So, so go humbly. This is not about you. Well, I, I said I was sorry, so you have to forgive me. No, they don't. No, they don't. You made that up. 
You want to be forgiven so you can feel better about you in this moment. But that's not humility because now you're just focused on you, which is pride. And humility means it's about them. And I'm going to take the low road. And I'm going to confess, make no excuse, make, make no, nothing at all. And then I'm going to hope they can find it in their heart to forgive me. Um, I'll, I'll close with this. There, there was, um, I have three kids, and they're all three years apart. And when you have kids, um, how many know they're eventually going to argue with one another, fight with one another, somebody's going to get hurt, bad things are going to happen? Can I get an amen? Are your kids angels? Oh, okay, good. So, Because uh, y'all looked at me like, what are your... My kids don't fight. What are you talking about? Okay. So my kids do this too. I don't know if your kids do this, but they rotate what they do and play with and toys. So like they go through like seasons. So like, but, but here's when I know it's a bad season. Sword fighting season is always a bad season in my home. Y'all remember having them Jedi swords where they like, they go down there. Or if you got really, really cool ones, they glow and they go and they make the sound effects. We have them all. We have them all. And so again, hockey season, that's another one I know is going to go bad. We have hockey season in our backyard. They have little hockey sticks and ball. And and anything with a sword or a hockey stick, I know eventually people are going to be crying. Because when you start getting sword fights, I'll even do it. Like, because you'll be in a sword fight with your kid. And then if you get popped on the hand, oh man, that hurts. Especially if it's cold outside. That's the worst. And so, so so anyway, you, you guys dial in, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? So sword fighting season at my house, and I got three kids that are out there just doing this right here at each other. Hey, did y'all ever do this one? This is one I used to do to my brother. When my brother was mad at me, I would, I would actually not use a plastic lightsaber. I would use a golf club. <clears throat> but what I would do is, is he would be mad at me wanting to like charge me, and I'd just start swinging the golf club as hard as I can. and be like, I'm swinging. If you get in here, it's your fault. I'm just swinging. Did y'all ever do that? Okay. There's a point. There's a point. I've lost it, but come back to me. This is what will happen in my house, though. Sword fighting season, hockey season, it doesn't matter. Somebody gets whacked with a stick. And it's usually my oldest hitting a younger one, usually. I love you. You're stronger than they are. And then what happens is, is they start crying. And then they run in the house. And they run, they don't, they run by me to get to mama. Because mama's sweet. And she has, like, oils and stuff she puts in. Anyway. <clears throat> And then my, my, if, it was, if, it, if it was my son, it's gone always, but if it's my son, he'll come in and he'll be like, oh my gosh, dad, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to. And while Lainey or Caitlin's in the other room crying with Snoopy oil, oils all over her hands now and, and whatever. And, and, and you know what I tell him though? I'm like, why are you apologizing to me? You didn't hurt me. I'm not offended. I mean, I'm annoyed because now I had to interrupt my TV show. I had to pause golf and it was exciting. But I'm not, I'm not offended at you. You need to go and apologize to them. That's where the repentance needs to take place. Because when Jesus talked about God, he didn't talk about God as your boss. He talked about God as your father. And what does a good loving father do? When he looks at his kids and all of a sudden the kids are mad at each other and the kids are offended and the kids are crying and the kids are upset and then one of the kids comes to me and is like, Dad, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why are you apologizing to me? You need to go and apologize to them. And so God is saying the same thing. Jesus says it so clearly. 
Hey, you're on your way to church and it's Sunday morning and you put a hat on or you put on the nice clothes today or you, you really got fancied up and on your way to church you remembered that someone was offended at you? Apparently bring your offering first, but then leave and go make it right with them. Because in that moment, you getting right with them trumps. We'll be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not the one you offended. You offended them. And I want you to go to them right now. And then come back. Meaning this, and we'll, clap, we'll wrap it up right here. Making peace with others. That's actually what clears the path to making peace with God. Because what I care about most is that when I look at my kids, that my kids love each other. And my kids are happy and getting along and having fun together. That's what matters most. And so if you have ever been wronged, I want you to take the first step and go. And especially if you have ever been the one that wronged somebody else, I want you to take the first step. And I want you to go. I want you to confess, repent, humbly. And hopefully you can reconcile that relationship and get rid of the bad blood. And then what you'll find is this, is when you're living at peace with others, you have incredible peace between you and God. Let's pray this morning. The question as you bow your head and close your eyes, the question that you need to ask yourself right now is this, is there anybody that I have wronged? Is there anybody that I did badly and I've wronged, I was talking about them, I said, and they know it, and I know it, and they're offended, and they're mad, and I'm the one that caused it. The question would be this, who is it that you need to go have a conversation with? Because remember, you need to turn a confrontation into a conversation, and you need to go. And hey, they might be mad. You might apologize and be completely sincere about it, and they might not care, and they might not want anything to do with you. That's okay, because as far as it depended upon you, you tried at least to live at peace with everyone. And when you've done everything that you can do and you've gone as far as you can go, then maybe you can have peace about that relationship, even if they don't want to have peace in the relationship. And so who is it that you need to go to? Who is it that maybe you've hurt or offended? And what I want you to do is I want you to begin to pray, God, give me the wisdom to know what to do and how to do it, what to say and when to say it. I know I'm supposed to go immediately. Like, like this isn't like six months from now when I build the courage. This is immediately. I need to go directly. I don't need to go through their friends, through proxies, through Facebook. I, I need to go to them directly. And I need to go humbly. I need to recognize that I was wrong and I hurt somebody, God, that you care about. And so, Father, I pray over these great people, God, help us not just to say we believe in God, but to actually follow you, Jesus, and to listen to what you say and just go for it, to listen to what you say and just obey, to say, God, I'm with you, and if this is what you've asked me to do and this is what you require of me, I'm in and I'm with you. And if I've wronged somebody, God, then I pray that you help me to go and make that conversation. God, help us to be the people of grace and mercy, to be the people of forgiveness, God. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Let's give a little big hand clap this morning. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.